welcome everyone to Glenn and Rod's chat about stuff. That Apple stuff. Good afternoon, Rod. How are you, mate? It's been a while. Good afternoon, Glenn. Yeah, it's been what, like a few months now. I know we've been uh, we've been absolutely flat out, but there's been a lot happening uh, in the world of Apple for us to cover off. Uh, for people that haven't listened to this podcast before, we've taken it from video uh, and we're going to make it audio now to save you the experience of watching us uh, for for the duration of the podcast. Uh, but my name is Glenn. I'm a managing consultant. Uh, in Victoria in design and innovation. And Rod, who are you? Hi, my name is uh, Rod Sampera and I'm a lead consultant in design at Telstra Purple in Queensland, Australia. And for those of you joining us for the first time, this is just a podcast about Glenn and myself who love Apple stuff, just rambling about our experiences with the products and new releases and yeah, general stuff that we're interested in. And as you said, Glenn, I hopefully this new audio format allows us to do more of these. That would be super exciting, man. I'm really looking forward to that. Absolutely. Hopefully, it'll be a little bit easier. I don't have to worry about making myself look good at all if it's just you and me. So it'll be easy to fit all of this in, particularly if we do it in this shorter format. So Rod, I know that you and I, uh, we've both been given devices to use as part of our everyday kit. Um, and I think you chose to get a, a 12 Pro Max for yeah. your demo device. Yeah. Yes. So what are, you, what are your thoughts and what did you come from? Well, I was using uh, an iPhone 11 before this. Um, and I was a bit hesitant about the bigger screen size. I had an XS Max before the 11 and I liked the downsizing. But I've fallen in love with the 12 Pro Max, like it's, I got the, the Pacific blue one, blue is my favorite color. Mm. So I had to, I regret not getting that color. Yeah. Yeah. Don't rub it in. This isn't on video. Yeah, <laughs> I was just showing Glenn on camera. Um, yeah, no, it's, it, it's, um, I, I really like the new design. I, uh, I literally, I bought a case and then I returned it. I cannot hide it behind a case. Wow. It's, yeah. It's just too nice. Feels so good to hold. I know it's a risky one, but why have such a beautiful phone if you're going to be hiding it, right? Yeah, this is true. And this year with the uh, with the clear cases, if you want to show it off, like I love MagSafe and we'll get to that, but um, the MagSafe clear cases, they don't, they don't look so hot. So Interesting yeah. design decision there they made with that white circle yeah. in the back. Like I, sp- I suppose you can't make see-through magnets. If anybody could work <laughs> it out. It'd be helpful, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I just, I, I was thinking about getting the Pacific blue, um, and I, I went for space gray because I'm a creature of habit, but I think next year I'm just going to have to like, just, you know, be a little more courageous because last year I regretted not getting the green. Uh, and this year I'm regretting not getting the blue and just getting space gray every time. So whatever it is next year, unless it's God awful. Um, I think I'm going to have to go for the color, but, uh, mine, mine lives in a case. I, I have this thing where I always get the space gray and I always put it in a, a saddle Brown case just because I like the way that it patinas over time. Um, so it's quite nice, but I actually, um, so for my demo device, I, I actually chose to get the iPhone mini, uh, the iPhone 12 mini, um, which is really, really small. So putting it next to, I have a five S, uh, kicking around here. It is, Nero's makes no difference the same size. 
Um, and it was quite weird. The first time I picked up the 12 mini, because it was the same size and because it had the square edges, the like lizard Neanderthal part of my brain that just has that muscle memory went for the top for the power button to turn it on. And I actually thought, oh, they've moved it when I realized that it was on the side. And then literally seconds later realized that that wasn't the case, that I just was so used to that, that size, that feel of device having the button on the top. Um, but I've, I've since, um, I've actually purchased for, uh, for myself the, the Pro Max. I'm just a, I'm a big phone guy. Um, but my wife was playing with the Mini, realized she liked it. And so now we've also purchased uh, <laughs> 12 Mini uh, for her to use as her daily device. Um, so I'm hoping that they keep making them into the future because my wife is absolutely in love uh, with, that, with that really small form factor. And that means more work for us though, right? As designers? different form factors. That's why I got the mini um, so that I could put things like sketch mirror or, or Figma mirror on that device. Because if you can get your designs to work at the smallest kind of design device screen size, then it's, 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 it's going to work uh, on the larger devices and, and not the other way around. So I thought as a professional designer, it's more appropriate for me to at least have that for testing and making sure that my designs are accessible uh, on the smallest possible device screen size. So have you done, have you gotten into any of the MagSafe ecosystem as of yet? Only the MagSafe charger. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, it's, it's nice. It's nice. I really like how it lays on, like I have it in my night table. It lays flat and it kind of separates it from, especially not having a case. It's not laying on top of a, like a surface. Um, it's nice. It's yeah. It not, not mind blowing though. Not yet. Um, I like the snap and I like the experience. It's got a satisfying thunk. Yeah. I always, I enjoy hovering my phone just over it to let it find the point and just letting the, the MagSafe come to the phone. And just, it's just that thunk noise on the back of it. Oh, it's, yeah. it's something, somebody thought about that. I can guarantee that somebody sure genuinely spent time thinking about the thunk. So, but what I remember when they announced it, it, it it really felt like, okay, this is like another interesting play into the world of accessories from Apple mm. um, and opening up a whole new market of third-party ideas and, and ways of using it. And I'm sure it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow in this year. Yeah, I'm hoping more. So like we've seen a couple of stands, uh, like bedside stands come out. Uh, there's been the, the car mounts. And I'm interested to try that. I'm interested to see how strong of a connection it can have with the with the magnets for you know maybe you're going around a roundabout really quickly or on a bumpy road, seeing if it uh, seeing if it holds on. Um, but I, I was expecting more of an explosion of um, compatible uh, accessories and stuff. Um, so far, the, the the most interesting one I've seen is Moft, who make those foldable laptop stands that kind of stick to the bottom of your laptop. They've made a MagSafe one that goes a MagSafe wallet that goes on the back of the iPhone, similar to the genuine Apple one, but it also can act as a, as a kickstand for you and stuff like that, and uh, like put your finger in so you don't drop your phone, kind of thing as well. So that seems to be the most compelling compelling one. It seems to be the most versatile. So we yeah. have to wait and see. That's it. That's it. So something else that uh, that came out in between uh, our last chat and now uh, is the release of Apple Fitness Plus here in Australia. Uh, have you had an opportunity to to have a crack at, at Fitness Plus yet? So I've I, I have gone in back into fitness, and I got to say the Apple Watch has been 
a lot of fun in in that journey um i've opened up apple fitness plus i've joined i've played around with it but i've never actually got into <laughs> actually exercising one of those sessions uh but you seem to have what, what was your experience like uh i don't think we have each other on fit on our activity sharing yet either so we can have competitions so we'll need to we need to fix that after the podcast so that we can uh, face off. I get I get hyper competitive uh, in uh, Apple Watch fitness competitions, um, but yeah, I have um, I have had a have started to use Apple Fitness Plus. Um, so quite quite uh, quite recently, I, I started to to sort of use it. We've had it for a few weeks, um, and my wife has been doing quite a lot. She's been loving the yoga and the hit uh, workouts and things like that. And um, because we've got a family account sort of thing, my mother-in-law um, has also been uh, getting really into it. But uh, last week, I, I started to sort of explore it. And from a designer's perspective and from an ecosystem perspective, there's a few things in there that are really interesting. So I use it with Apple TV. So we've got uh, an Apple TV in the main living area. You open the fitness app on the Apple TV and it immediately, before it even takes you into the UI of like the application and things like that, it's like, hey, who's who's working out and it actually detects the Apple watches, not the iPhones, but the Apple watches that are nearby. And so if it's just me in the room, it'll detect my watch. If it's both my wife and I, it'll show both. And you've got to select um, the, the person that is doing the workout. Um, so that's really cool because straight away, it pairs your watch uh, with the Apple TV effectively, instead of with your, with, with your iPhone, which is not a thing that I um, have, have seen done uh, with any of the other apps. I don't know maybe if it's a thing that you know, only Apple can do um, because apps like, you know, Sweat and some of the other fitness apps, they, they with the, on Apple TV don't have that functionality. But, um, you know, the, the video for the actual um, fitness, you know, for the workouts is, you know, as you would expect, extremely well produced. Um, you know, it is, it is great. But there's some really cool uh, features that I, that I enjoy uh, within it. So the fact that the information that your Apple Watch is capturing around your heart rate, uh, and and your, your your fitness rings and all that kind of stuff that's up on the television screen. So you're not constantly like you know if you're moving around on a workout or on a treadmill. Sometimes you're trying to get that data off your watch. It's a small screen and it's 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 jiggling around. It's really hard to read. It's right there in front of you up on the big screen. Um, there's an awesome animation. If you close any of your rings during a workout, that cool kind of spin wheel fireworks animation that happens on the watch that happens you know really big up on the TV screen, which is kind of cool. Um, and, and having all that information, like the, the instructors actually play on that. They're like, your, your heart rate should not be dropping right now. Like, you know, you should see all of that and you can keep an eye on that and you can see whether or not it's up or down. Um, but one feature that I think is really cool, um, is called the burn bar. So it, it's, I'm, I'm, I've mentioned it already in this episode, but I'm, I'm quite a competitive, uh, individual and it tells you where you are compared to other people that have done this workout. So, you know, the workouts cycle through, there's constantly new ones being added, but other people that have done this workout, um, I'm assuming it's based on like, you know, calories or kilojoules burned or something like that, but it tells you where you are. Um, and if you are up the, 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 the top end of it, it tells you, you know, you're ahead of the pack. And, you know, for some workouts I could start there and then I drop a little bit and it shows you dropping. And that, that nothing motivates me more than seeing that somebody else did better than me. Uh, to, to, to just push and, and, and get to the end, uh, get, get back up to the ahead of the pack thing uh, for my workouts. So you've got that, you get a really awesome summary at the end. Um, if you've done like an intense type of workout, like a, a high intensity interval training workout, 
it's um it recommends like a, a mindful cool down session after it and things like that so that's really cool um and you can tailor it to the user so you know i i love the burn bar i think it's great my wife is just like i don't want to know if i'm better or worse than other people so when it asks her after you do the first few workouts it's like hey do you like this feature um i said yes you know absolutely it drives me and my wife has my wife has turned it off uh for when she's working out but you know that's that's the, the customization sort of piece of it. So I, I've been really enjoying it. Um, I don't, I haven't been, I've been really bad since COVID. I haven't obviously been to the gym and I've been a little bit apprehensive to return. And I don't, I don't actually know that I will. Um, I'm, I'm currently researching getting some dumbbells, just some basic dumbbells so I can do some of the weights-based exercises. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I'll actually go back to a normal gym. Sounds quite interesting. I, yeah, you've definitely made me want to go try it. Um, I guess it's also an interesting play from Apple, right? And, and it, it does speak about them doubling down on the services game um, and even really... Um, so, so the Apple Watch in itself is a strong play on the health industry or health tech industry. I think things like Fitness Plus, no question that um, ties the Apple Watch brand and the product to health in the mind of consumers. So it wouldn't be so crazy that a few years from now, it's health as a service from Apple. So basically you pay Apple health and you get a watch and you get uh, some some other hardware or something. And then you get the fitness description and it links privately into all your health networks or, or, or uh, doctors and, and things. I don't know, but. There's, I guess there's done a lot of tech companies you'd trust with that, but uh, I, I believe we're talking about privacy later in this episode. Yeah. But well, I would maybe, you would maybe, trust them to do that. Maybe that is an interesting segue because uh, all these things, right, about health. So you, you, it's not now you're, we're talking about in fitness, right, and, and how you're doing and you're competing against others and all this information about so many people around the world. Um, but then the Apple Watch also picks up your blood oxygen levels in, in the Series Six, your heart rate uh, when you go out for a run when you exercise when you don't when you're sitting down like it has so much information about you and it i'm sure there's only going to be more the fact that apple's play on privacy is super strong i think kind of ties really well into this idea of getting more data of your body but then like where does it live uh who has access to it and yeah apple has has been championing this and it's they have been They've really rolled out some changes recently that really talk about the stance that they're, they're taking on this. Yeah, I think I think um, you're right, and they're very good with letting you control that. With health data, particularly, it's very clear. You, you've got a very solid understanding of what information you're sharing, what information you're not sharing, um, and, and how that all works. And I think that's really important. Um, uh, this week, obviously, Apple, or not obviously, but this week, Apple obviously put a video uh, on their YouTube channel, uh, a longer than normal video and, and not an ad or anything like that. It was Tim Cook uh, addressing a, a privacy conference. Um, I think you, you have, you've, you've uh, watched that one, haven't you? Yes. What are your thoughts on some of the stuff that he covered off in there? I think it, it, it was super interesting. So when Apple started out with the whole privacy and security and started banging the drama around privacy and security, which wasn't so long ago. Like you might find traces of it from the early days, but it wasn't like the main marketing thing until what, like three, four years ago. Um, 
when they made it the central piece of every announcement everything now is private and secure it to me it did feel like oh they found an interesting marketing niche where they can set themselves aside and because of the way they create the hardware and the software they can actually deliver on this but now it's kind of developed into something that feels bigger and it feels like this um advocacy for for for, for privacy beyond apple and and their ecosystem and what 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 the products that they have to sell um so i i wrote down some some quotes from, from that video um <clears throat> that, that i mean hi yeah they're not so great now that i'm reading them again but in the moment it felt it felt really good things around like you're not <laughs> yeah out of context they don't you are not the customer you are yeah i think when he's talking about it with products where um you know your privacy isn't respected uh and you know he's he's obviously targeting certain uh technology organizations with some of these uh some of these statements but you know if you're not if if you're being if your data is being mined, then that statement of you are not the customer, you are the product is true for a lot of these products and services. Um, so that's what I'm, I'm looking at our shared note. Yeah. I can see that uh, that's that's one of the key ones that you've got there, and I think you know that's the one that hits home uh, for a lot of people. They're like, well, it's it's great. This service is free. It's it's, it's not free. You're paying for it with your information. Um, you know, and there's there is a cost to that, and um, you know, some people are more comfortable with it uh, than others. Uh, and I think that it's quite cool that, um, like me personally, I don't mind a bit of tracking if I'm getting tailored information and services. In order for some things to be smart, they need to know a little bit of information about me. In order for ads to be relevant to me, they need to know a bit of information about me. What makes me uncomfortable is not knowing or not being able to find out what is known about me or not knowing who is tracking me and how. Um, and so, you know, we're starting to see you know, the, the introduction um, of the new uh, nutrition labels that we're seeing in, in the App Store. I don't know if you've seen them start to appear yet. Have you have you sort of had a bit of a look? What are your thoughts on the uh, the nutrition labels? They look kind of like they, they look exactly like nutrition labels on food. I think it's, it's a very interesting analogy that they've done here. It feels something super relatable. Like if, if you're going to a supermarket or a store and you really want to look at what you're buying to eat the best way to do so is looking at the nutritional labels so i think that works really well with apps i mean it's it's probably at its early stages though and and it feels a bit simplistic and it might like depending on your understanding of what thing what something means or it doesn't like it might scare you when it's unnecessary or it might look like an app is going to steal your life um and then they're not um, but but I, I do see value in, in, in exposing this information and, and making it super clear. Because like you said, at the end of the day, if you're okay with it, that's fine. Like, who are they to stop you? Now, if you want to be a bit more conscious about it, or you, maybe in the future, who knows, It um, the table turns and then companies end up paying you for the opportunity to put brands in front of you. So imagine if they could, I don't know, pay you for your attention instead of, at selling your attention and then they can sell it for a, a margin on top, but it wouldn't be so crazy, right? Yeah, it's feasible. And I think you're right. And I think it is, it is really simple. Um, I think it's good that it's simple because, you know, people like yourself and myself might be able to look at that and understand the reasons and the consequences for why an application might ask for certain pieces of information about me. Um, but I think the vast majority of the population may not. What I would love to see is perhaps the ability to tailor what your 
personal preferences are around privacy. So you can say, I'm comfortable with, with solutions that track this and this and this about me, but this and this and this, there may be my yellow light areas and this and this and my red light, like don't go there areas. Um, so that when you're browsing the app store, it can, it, can, it can give you a personalized, maybe green, yellow, red for this app in terms of your personal mm. uh, comfort zone uh, for privacy. So I think, I think that they'll, they'll, they'll maybe, not, maybe not in that way, but they'll go further down the track uh, with that. And to your point about, you know, organizations, you know, having to ask for permission or, or get the, you know, get the, get the right. We're starting to see that more with, um, you know, some of the latest updates to, to iOS and iPadOS where apps um, have to ask for your permission to track you, you know, on, on the app and outside of the app as well. And that copy is really explicit. Um, so, you know, it, and, and the copy on the, the buttons, the options that you have, you know, one of them is allow, uh, but the other one is ask app not to track. Um, so it's pretty explicit, you know, uh, what's going on there. And there's obviously some, some social networks and things like that, um, that, um, are, are super not pleased about this, um, that, that say that, you know, tracking, uh, is, is an important part of the, the, the business, uh, that, that they, they run for other businesses and things like that. Um, so time will tell what, like what people do have people, how, you know, some businesses find their way around that and things like that. Um, I, I, I think I posted a tweet in our iOS uh, channel this morning um, about how the, the release schedule for Google's uh, iOS apps basically just stops dead uh, when that new requirement came into place. So it's going to be very interesting. Like they've got to update their app sometime. Um, it'll be very interesting to see uh, what they do and how they do it and the language that they choose to use because you, you can choose the language that appears in that, that user confirmation dialogue modal. Um, so it'll be quite interesting to see how organizers, uh, how organizations go, go find their way around that. There's, uh, let's say the biggest social network posted an ad on, I think, newspapers and public media saying that Apple was basically attacking small businesses with this approach. And it was interesting. I read around that even employees from that company felt a bit ashamed of the media spin that they had given to this, um, so yeah, so yeah, this this social media giant is probably the one that's going to suffer the most. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. But it's um, it's 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 you know, back to the back to the Tim Cook speech. He's he talks about you know solutions that aren't um that, that don't have a vested interest in forcing you to just you know scroll that a bit more or or, or watch that next clip or anything Refresh like that. Refresh one know. more time. Refresh one more time. That was the language he used. Um, you know, it, it comes back to and the, the thing that really resonated with me was like technology that cares about you, technology that tells you that maybe it's time to turn off, that, that it's time to go to sleep, that allows you to do so. Um, technology that gets out of the way when you go for a hike or something like that. So it's, it's technology that's improving your life, not technology that's trying to monetize you. Um, and it's, it's a massive differentiation. Um, that, uh, I think, you know, they, they talk, they're talking it up a lot now, but, um, yeah, I, I think that it's, it's something that people are starting to slowly realize, um, with, 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 you know, different solutions like, um, you know, even on, even on, uh, Android, you can choose to set, have, you know, how long you're allowed on certain applications and stuff, but it requires personal discipline, uh, as opposed to, you know, something making that recommendation for you. So it's very interesting. Uh, so yeah. 
So uh, some of the other stuff that's been going on, um, very recently, I don't know if you're um, still running developer betas uh, on, on any of your devices, but uh, 14.5, I think, is now in, in public beta, iOS 14.5. Uh, have you had an opportunity to play? No, I haven't. Tell me about it. So it's, it's relatively new to me. Um, there's a couple of features that uh, I was quite excited about that I think may potentially need some more refinement. Um, so the first one is magical when you're doing it on purpose, and that is using the U1 chip, the ultra-wideband chip that's in the, the new HomePod minis, uh, and there's obviously a U1 chip in, in newer iPhones to measure where you're pointing and the proximity and, and everything like that to hand off uh, a call or hand off music or a podcast, whatever you happen to be playing, to the HomePod. When you're doing it on purpose, it is magical. Um, the, the haptic feedback on the device, it feels like it's kind of tingling. Uh, it's, it's, it's tingling and it, it, it kind of gets more intense as you get that closer and then eventually you just feel it jump. You feel it jump from your device to the HomePod and it just starts playing on the HomePod. That's fantastic. The challenge that I've faced is that here in my office on my desk, I have a HomePod mini and I used to have it sitting directly in front of me. When I sit down at my desk to do work, I sit my phone down directly in front of me and it starts doing the tingle. Um, you know, the second I sort of pop my phone down, and I, I, don't, want, I don't want it to do the tingle. Uh, and so I've moved the HomePod off to the far side of my desk to, to sort of mitigate that. And I've had to do the same thing with, with my bedside table. So I've got a, another HomePod mini on my bedside table and I go to put my phone, do my little hover thing on the MagSafe to get it to go thunk. Uh, but it'd start it'd start doing the tingle, um, wanting to try to talk to the HomePod Mini. So I'm hoping they can find a way to mitigate that, maybe reduce the sensitivity so that it's only when you're very deliberately doing it or, or something like that. But um, as I said, when you're when it's on purpose, it's incredible. Like it's just so seamless, so much faster um, compared to what it was pre iOS 14.5, uh, and so much faster than what you can do. Like the original big HomePods don't have the U1 chip. Uh, so you can tap to transfer stuff, but tapping is far less magical than tingling and jumping, um, <laughs> which is, that's not Apple's branding terminology. I don't imagine that they would appreciate me referring to the uh, the haptics as tingling, but that's what it feels. Sounds sounds like how you would describe a scene from a Pixar movie. <laughs> a little bit. Um, the, the other thing that, I was excited about, but haven't had the opportunity to try. Um, and so I'm keen to, I'm keen for you to update because um, I want to see if it's if it's just an issue on my end. But um, here in Melbourne, because we're so used to it, uh, we're still pretty heavy on the mask wearing. Um, so you know, we, we uh, anytime we're in an indoor situation or where we can't socially distance, it's uh, either legally required or strongly encouraged, depending on the the, the circumstances of the time. Um, which is you know great. I support it. But face ID uh, and masks are not are not good friends. Um, and you know when you've got the big iPhone punching in your passcode is a two-handed operation. So it's it's kind of annoying. Um, so there is a new feature with fourteen point five where if you're wearing an Apple Watch and it's unlocked, which you know, is all the time, um, your your iPhone will just unlock because it's close to your Apple Watch and it's in your hand, obviously. Um, so this is a feature that's been in macOS for quite a while um, and it's you know it's, it's always been great I, I quite like it as a feature it's now in iOS but for me it's 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 non-interactable it's all grayed out 
and I'm, I suspect that it's a security thing on our uh, Intune MDM that maybe needs to be uh, enabled or, or something else needs to be turned off to allow for it to work. Um, so I'm keen to hear if yourself or, you know, any other purple peeps that happen to be listening to this, if you want to comment and go, no, 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 it works for me. You did something wrong, you, you idiot. Um, that would be great, just so I know uh, how to get it working because that, that's another feature of 14.5 uh, that I'm, I'm particularly uh, particularly excited about. So I haven't, I haven't played with it yet. Um, I've yet to update. Um, but I think, I think it needs to see half your face as well. So it's not like the Mac. It's, you still need to put it in front of your face. But I've, I've had so in Queensland, we're a bit better, I think, in COVID senses. Um, there was a period of time where masks were enforced and you, it's, it's that face ID is that sort of thing that you don't know you, you, how much you're enjoying it until you can't use it. Um, and then trying to pay with something or you need to like pull down your mask or, you know, start figuring out a way to, to make it work. So yeah, looking forward to, to this. Um, it does sound like a, like a very practical update. Yeah. I think it's it's one of those things where when I saw it in the release notes, I was like, "How has that not been a thing like since the Apple Watch? Like since they put it in macOS? It just seems like a bit of a no-brainer uh, thing to have." So, yeah, I you know it's exciting, and there's, that's you know something else that um, that I'm interested in seeing uh, coming out. Um, in terms of you know other stuff that's that, that's coming out, um, you know we, we're we're hoping to see some some location tag stuff happening soon. Uh, there was a couple of leaks, um, some UI um, that appeared that uh, alluded to something similar to like the tile finding solution. So rumor is they'll be called air tags, but something that has come out, and uh, I think this is the last thing on our list to chat about, um, is uh, AirPods Max. Now you. Uh, people that have watched previous episodes have probably seen Rod's background where there is, is keyboards, there's guitars, there's fancy gold microphones with the thing that goes in front of the microphone for reasons that I don't fully understand. Rod knows what he's doing. He's an audiophile. So, you know, the big question, do you think you're going to get AirPods Max? Audiophile is, is a strong word maybe, but I'll take it. Um, I really don't know. I, I was crazy about the idea of them i gotta say i was reading up on the rumors i remember we were talking about how there's no way they're going to release another product in december and they haven't come out so it's a next year thing and then they did um and from a design perspective like they seem beautiful they just seem beautiful but then gorgeous yeah i haven't tried them on myself i went to the store and i i I was. I remember that I wanted to try them once I was there. I went for another reason, and then I realized I had to book a session to try them in because of new COVID uh, protocols in place. So yeah, I didn't have a chance to to, play, to really listen to the sound. But I've I did watch a lot of reviews and and, and thoughts of different um, internet people, <laughs> and uh, I guess it sounds like it's it's really good quality, as as you'd expect but not necessarily mind-blowing for the price tag it has. And making music, I tend to use headphones that are more um, they're neutral in sound, so they don't necessarily, like, they're not enhanced or the, the frequencies are what they're meant to be. But the other thing is, for me, the AirPods, the original AirPods and all those that came after that, 
were probably one of the best products that I've I, that I have transitioned into. The feeling of getting rid of the wire, the cable, back into your phone and like leaving your phone on the side and they're just so practical. I have them in my pocket. Like I don't have I don't use keys in general, but I have my AirPods every time. It's so practical. That's one of the best things about the AirPods product line, I think. These on the other hand feel like the sort of thing that I don't know, it's just like they don't even feel like something you would take with you unless you're going on a flight. They're a bit heavier, they're bulkier. The case, let's not talk a lot about the case, but the case is just yeah, I'm not so sure strange. About, not so sure about the case. Um, yeah. And the fact that they don't go to sleep without it. Um, so, yeah, not not in the near term. I think it's, if anything, if I do end up getting them, they'd probably be the AirPods, AirPods Max 2. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I want them. Um, <laughs> oh, because yeah. they are I do. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, they're beautiful. I have had an opportunity to have a go um, I, I, at an Apple store. And yeah, I was impressed. Um, so I currently have my noise canceling headphones that I used to have uh, for travel, uh, the Bose QC25s. So they're still, you know, plug in and all that kind of jazz. Um, I didn't update to the 35s. I didn't update to the 700s. I didn't get the Sony MH, blah, blah, blah. The, the ones that everybody tells you to get that, that, are, that are really good. Because um, I was hoping these would come out. And look, if I think the, the, the I was, I used to do a lot more travel for work and then COVID happened. Um, and if, if that ramps back up again as a requirement, then, you know, I'm going to want a new pair of noise canceling headphones. And when that time comes, or if that time comes, the AirPods Max is probably the answer. The $900 Australian price tag is going to sting. Um, but for the ecosystem and, 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 you know, the, the fanboyism side of things, I get it. Like, you know, it, 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 it will be pretty cool. Um, definitely going to get space gray. Uh, so there's no, uh, there's no feature color. I do like the replaceable ear cups though. I wouldn't mind space gray ears, uh, like metal, metal outside with maybe the blue pads. I think that would look kind of cool. Um, but, uh, the case is, I'm not, I'm not so sure about the other challenge that I have is that they, they're powered by lightning. Mm. So now in my life, I'm, I'm pretty much lightning free. Um, because AirPods Pro, I charge wirelessly, uh, and my phone, I charge via MagSafe or, or wirelessly, and both my Mac and my iPad, USB-C. So because there's no MagSafe or, or wireless charging on the AirPods Pro, it would introduce a requirement to start carrying around a lightning cable again, which is a small thing, but it's a, you it's know, not that I was small, almost though. pure. Yeah. So, I was, I, you know, USB-C uh, or, or MagSafe, just slap a MagSafe on a cup uh, on the side <laughs> of it maybe it would be really, really cool. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, so exciting product. There's that, you know, that, that's obviously coming out. Um, I think that that's everything on our list. You know, we, we've got uh, hopefully, you know, the, those air tags or whatever they end up being called. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see some more M1 hardware uh, hit the market, uh, hopefully in a, in a larger chassis laptop in the near future but um i guess i guess we can wrap there that's uh we've, we've gone we've gone at 30 minutes that was the the goal keep it short and sharp so that people can listen to us in the background um so thanks so much for chatting it's been great great to be back back on board doing this and 
I guess I'd encourage everyone, anyone or everyone listening, drop in comment wherever you're listening to this. Or if you know where to find us, just send us a message on what you like to hear. Maybe if there's something that you didn't like, if you're rambling too much, if we're rambling too little. It's not like we're going to change a lot of what we do, but it would be better to know. Same like the... We, we, we'll listen to it. It's like the app tracking. <laughs> <laughs> Businesses are not going to stop doing it, but it's, it would be nice to know. That's it. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Rod. I will uh, right, speak to you. I'll probably speak to you between now and then, but uh, for everybody else, I'll speak to you next episode. See you next time. Bye-bye.